0: You're listening to Up to the Mic. If you want to learn about the struggles and triumphs of starting a business, performing for sold-out arenas, or inspiring those you lead, Up to the Mic is the show for you. Throw on some headphones and get ready to listen as our host, Vinny Hale, sits down to showcase the stories of those who deserve their stories be told. From young entrepreneurs to critically acclaimed musicians and so much more, Vinny helps compile a season of interviews That inspire listeners to follow in the footsteps of his guests. Welcome to Season 1. Sorry for the interruption, but this podcast is brought to you by Footy International. Footy International is a forward-thinking, sustainable apparel company based in Austin, Texas that creates socks geared for worldwide adventures. The co-founders engineered these socks from plastic bottles to optimize comfort, durability, and sustainability, all with an entirely USA-made supply chain, with specifically added technology like antimicrobial treatment and ribbed sole knitting. You can wear these everywhere you explore, every day. And socks are just a start for this company. Keep an eye out for their new product releases coming soon. Save the planet and your feet today by using code UP TO THE MIC TEN for ten percent off site wide at FootyInternational.com. My next guest is a full-time magician based out of Dallas, Texas. This guest utilizes his gift of magic to help businesses solve their problems. His recent performances and consultations have sent him all over the United States. And if you haven't had the privilege of seeing him in action, you can certainly catch a glimpse of the magic and business savvy on his website, apmagic.net. Please welcome my next guest, Alan Paletti.
1: Hi, thanks. Uh, good to be here.
0: Yeah, it's actually great that you were able to plan this on such short notice. I uh, have noticed that with a couple of the interviews, I'll reach out and it's very quick turnaround that they are available. And I know uh, you have a very busy schedule. I was following your Instagram or your YouTube earlier. I'm not sure what I was checking out. And you showed a glimpse of your schedule and all the bookings you have coming up. So <laughs> we're glad you were able to make time for us and come be um, on uh, on the show.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I well, You know, uh, from one creative to another, you know, um it can be where I've I've had to do this similar thing. I I um I've done interviews, I've done blogs, podcasts, that kind of stuff. And trying to get uh guests on the program is can be kind of a chore. And so, like, I'm like, let me be as uh quick turnaround as I can so you're not having to like call me up six weeks, eight weeks later and stuff. So it's just like, no, if you say you're gonna do it, just commit, just do it
0: <laughs> and well, find good. the
1: time. So I yeah. <laughs> Try <laughs> well, to pain. <laughs>
0: Well, everybody is excited to hear more from you, and so the fact that we're able to make it happen is all the better. So for those of you who are listening out there that probably don't know as much about you, and you and I have only really spoken on surface level for a little while, so I Mm -hmm. I really would like to dive a little deeper. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more. This is kind of how I start out, and I typically ask, you know, tell us about your story and your time growing up and how you kind of have blossomed into, turned your career into what it is now. What what were the early days for
1: Alan like? (laughs) how did i get here <laughs> well one day proceeded the next and uh you just uh, no uh it's well if we, if we want to talk about my um love or passion and, and and the work that i do um that started out in michigan that's where i was born i was born in uh mount clemens which is in detroit and i uh, grew up in a suburb of there for For 17 years of my life developed a love of magic at about five years old um watching a lance burton who i still have yet to meet you get to see this lance let's 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 meet um but uh i saw him on television and i could not believe that it was like a real studio audience there while he was performing and i went this is not just like watching a cartoon this is not like watching a movie um that like he's doing this like in real life in front of real People, and I thought that's the closest you could be to being a superhero. I I, want to do that, (laughs) that's cool. I want to do that. Uh, so my mother got me a magic kit, you know, one year for my birthday, and I was one of the kids who didn't just, you know, mess around with it and then put it on a shelf. I, I kept doing it and then gaining more and more knowledge about it, and then, uh, you know, it was an aspiration. To, to do this, do this kind of work full time. But, uh, you know, of course, it's, it's a scary, like big question mark. My, my father, you know, has an MBA, he went to school, very, very college guy. Um, I went to college promised him I would. And then I um, was in college at the around 2007, 2008, when the housing market crashed. And the job that I had uh was no longer my job right there was uh, it was it was a supporting industry and uh they mass laid off a bunch of people I don't even know if that company still exists anymore but uh, I got laid off and then um it was that way for about a year and a half almost two years where I could not find work there was just none to be had and I started plotting I started thinking, you know, could I, could I actually maybe actually make this work? The fear of a regular paycheck is gone, right? I don't, like, I don't need, like, I'm not worried about trying to do that. I've, I've had that taken away from me already. So I don't have to worry about, oh gosh, well, you know, I could do that, but it's a big risk. What if it doesn't work out? It's like, well, no, I'm already in a pretty bad spot. Um, the only way, only way I can go is up really. So I, um, I got my first regular gig was at a sushi restaurant in Allen, Texas, and I got that um, just pounding the pavement. Right, I, I probably went to 150 or 200 restaurants and got 150 to, or I'm sorry, 149 to 199 nos. And uh, this one manager of the restaurant was like, you know, I uh, I think I think that might actually be kind of neat. Let's, let's try it out. So I, I uh, talked him into having me come perform there one night a week uh, for the guests. And there's a couple of benefits to having a magician or some type of entertainment in your restaurant. Um, so that one night quickly turned into two. And then they were a small uh, series of uh, franchises. And so all the managers would come in and visit each other at each other's restaurants. And um, the other managers found out what was happening at that restaurant, and they started wanting me. So then I started working, I was working four, sometimes five nights a week at different restaurants around the Dallas area, um, for for this one company. And it was great. It was like that for five six years, and that really got me my foot in the door, starting the magic business.
0: Well, no, that's actually, it's so funny that you mentioned Lance Burton. And uh, forgive me if I cut you off there, but. I uh, probably mentioned it when we first met a while back, but Lance Burden was actually the inspiration that I got into magic. And for those of you listening, I'm nowhere nowhere near Alan's level of performing. However, magic is a fun passion of mine, and I've been doing it for, well, I can't say I do it regularly much anymore, and it's become much more of a party trick than something I pursue on the daily. However, back in the day, that wasn't the case. I was actually 10, 11, 12 years old. Up until I went to high school, I was actually performing at company parties and birthday parties and whatever I could really do. I was making like, I think, $40 the show, and I would performed for like 30 minutes. And it was the coolest thing for a 12-year-old because while, you know, it, it was it was a little bit of time out of my weekend or whenever it was, I got to, you know, meet some cool people, and I got to make 40 bucks. I had money that none of my other friends had to go to Sonic or whatever we did. Um, however, I mentioned Lance Burton because I went to Vegas. And it's funny that my uh, mother and grandmother took an 11-year-old to Vegas for a vacation, a family vacation. However, that's what we did. We did the whole shows and tours and everything. And uh, Lance Burton was our first stop on the tour. And, uh, man, we got to see his whole night performance. And we went into the magic shop afterwards, and a guy was showing me tricks. And I got the magic kit. Very similar story to you. And I remember going back home. And we had a front window in the home that we lived in when I was growing up. And I ordered a Lance Burton DVD. Uh, This was still back when DVDs were very prevalent. It might have even been a VHS tape. But, like, Amazon had, like, just become a thing. And I ordered it off Amazon. And I was, like, sitting there just waiting for it and waiting for it to come in the mail. And I sat by the front window and waited for it to come in for, like, two days straight. And finally the UPS truck came pulling up and I met the guy outside in the front yard. I've watched the video at least 100 times. Uh, it's extremely outdated at this point, but my love of magic began in a very similar place to where yours began, Alan. So I thought that was a neat little nugget I'd throw in there. That is cool. But, yeah, Lance
1: uh, is a, the the king. You know, everybody wants to call David Copperfield the king of, of uh, magic, but um, Lance has a very rare skill, um, which is that he is equally good on stage as he is in close up. You they're two different disciplines entirely. So sometimes you know most people will follow mostly one route. But right. Lance was the master of both. And even David Copperfield can't say that. Well
0: I don't even sorry to go on a tangent here, but since we're talking about Lance Burton is he still performing? Like, is he still headlining a Vegas show or
1: no, he retired. Um, and good for him. He, he had a 25 year contract with the MGM grand. And, uh, when that was up, he, uh, decided that he was, he was probably done and he's still, he still goes to magic conventions. Um, you'll still see him around, um, him and Matt King are good friends. They hang out quite often. Um, had the pleasure of meeting Mac, but not, not Lance yet. So I'm hoping that that's, uh, that's a that's a bucket list thing. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so you mentioned the different disciplines, the close up magic versus the stage illusions. Mm-hmm. Dive into that a little bit more, if you don't mind, and maybe explain what you are, you know, most noted for, and what sure. you know, you're most interested in. But maybe describe it a little more for the people listening who might not know a lot about it.
1: Yeah. Um, so the, the way that I approach magic, and and, and especially for the clients that I, that I have. Is a little bit different, actually a lot different than than what most, you would consider most magicians. Um, most magicians, uh, they believe that their job is to just entertain, right? Just just to come in, do some card tricks, and make people smile and leave. And that's that's a great and amiable goal. And sometimes that's all an event needs. Um, but I found that I um, am a lot more satisfied. The event is so and that takes whatever form has to take some stage program. Sometimes it's walk around, it could be any number of different venues depending on what's needed. Um but uh let's say take like a like a uh sales kickoff, or we'll use a sales training or something. You fly a bunch of people in all over the country to come to a hotel. Um, they haven't seen each other in a year and then they're supposed to learn a whole bunch of new stuff and then fly back to their respective branches and retain that information and use it. Right. Right. Um, that there's, there's a lot of places where somebody like me could, could do a lot of good, um, for instance, in those scenarios, and I'm sure you've probably experienced this, you, you fly in. And you it's check-ins at what, four o'clock, then you have like a dinner or a catered something and you're all forced into a banquet room to try to mingle with each other, but you're all tired. You've been traveling all day and then you got to go to bed and then you got to get up the next morning and then you're expected to like be fresh as a daisy and retain all this information with really boring PowerPoint slides the entire day. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. And it, 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 it can be so much better. Imagine you had somebody who was able to help facilitate uh, conversations amongst those salespeople. You had a way to um, intentionally connect people together. And that's what I call myself. I call myself a connector because I will float around the room and say, walk around situations, what magicians call mingling magic, where we're walking around and talking with people during a cocktail hour or something, uh, and starting conversations about things besides the weather. Or sports, right? Not everybody cares about sports, and whether what a mundane thing to talk about. Without those two things, what do you really have to to start a conversation with, with somebody? So, you have somebody who can uh, introduce uh, introduce himself, and by in process, have everybody else introduce themselves. Ask some questions, opening up questions about who they are, what they do, where they're from. You know, pets, family, all that kind of stuff. And you start to open it up, then everybody else in that group can also learn that and share that and you have connected all those people together fi- helping them find common interests before they even realize that that's happened then you give them an experience that's uh, amazing and they have that to talk about if nothing else they can talk about uh oh how do you think he did it or how do you uh, that was crazy when that that did you did you feel anything when it like you know uh you have you have a place to talk you have that small talk starting and leading into bigger talk. Uh, and in the morning, you have, again, someone like me starting everybody off. They met me the night before, they know I'm a, a great guy, that they're gonna have fun with me, and tell them some jokes, do some, some maybe some illusions, and wake their brains up a little bit. There's, there's a lot of, um, and I, I can't cite this specific source at the moment, but uh, there's a lot of research out there that uh, proves that information retention goes up dramatically whenever humor is involved. When people are awake and happy and enjoying themselves, they're able to retain more information. So you have that nice one, two combo there, and you've got a really, really powerful, useful thing to a company where they can then uh, get more out of their meeting. Yeah, I think that was one of the craziest things that I was,
0: I, I use that term a lot, crazy, but I mean that in a good way one of the most interesting things that I was able to learn about you is that not only is it the magic that you have a passion for and are able to do on a very, you know, productive and a very amazing scale, oh, thank you. but it's the actual business savvy behind it and being able to, I guess, little less business savvy and a little more people savvy. You are able to connect with a human on a human to human level and you're able to create a whole experience around, you know, this trick that you're doing, but in the grand scheme of things, you're kind of like the puppet master pulling the strings, making these people have a moment together that they're going to remember and they're going to talk about. And so you described it pretty perfectly there. I'm curious where something like that, like, where does a thought like that come into your mind? Like what, were you wanting to just per, you well, know, pursue magic or was it, you know, when well, did the business um, aspect come into it?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is if, if you, if you want to, if you want to make money at this, you have to, I mean, at any if you want to make money in any industry, uh, you have to fill a need and honestly nobody needs a magician they may want a magician but they don't nobody needs a magician so what else can i bring to the table what else where where is the value proposition where is that what would um what, would, what want what would make a company or an individual want to want to hire a magician right um even if you take something like a, a kid's birthday party, which I, I don't do anymore, I started out doing those because it's awesome. It's an awesome way to start. Um, but uh, even that, what 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 are what are the pain points? What's the fear? Where's where's mom and dad's mindset? Uh, whenever planning this party, right? There's a couple things. One budget is a thing, right? Theme is a thing, but the biggest thing that like keeps them up at night that they worry about is. Uh, is anybody gonna come to little Billy's birthday party? It's a seventh birthday party. They've put all this time, effort, money into it, got him all excited. What if nobody shows up? You know that's and that's that, that's a real thing. <laughs> that's a, um, so if you can help those parents find a way to guarantee that everybody's going to RSVP and show up to that party then then you've helped them, you know um so there are mechanisms for that but that's nobody buys anything without without having having it solve some kind of problem right so um and that's where and i won't say all magicians i'm speaking in a very general sense but a lot of magicians that you will meet well uh they they probably Uh, do it as a, as a hobby or they're semi-professional. Maybe they have, they use it as a side gig, but they have another source of income. Right. So they don't, they don't really worry about it from the standpoint of what problem am I solving? They're just thinking it's about cool magic that I'll do. You know, they're not, they're not thinking about what's, what's actually valuable to the client beyond that. Right. Um, Whereas this is all I do. It's all I've done to feed myself and my family for the last 13 years this year. So uh. Be as helpful as you can, you know, <laughs> that's kind of, kind of the goal, right? Weddings are a whole other ball of wax. Every corporate event is different and has different uh, requirements or needs. And um, I, it, it didn't start out that way. I used to be, um, you know, just, oh, yeah, people, people like magic, sure. But it doesn't, it's not very gratifying either, if I'm honest. Because, you know, yes, it's, it's wonderful to make people feel happy. And to amaze them and to and to create those kind of good feelings in people um but but that's that's transient that you know smile only lasts so long, so what did I actually leave them with? you know what 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 did I solve and um yeah sometimes sometimes that magic just magic by itself is enough, but other times it feels good to to do more than that
0: so in in terms of doing more than that and providing value does it all come does the value you provide for i guess for anyone out there with a you know wanting to book you does mm. the value all come from yourself and just your your presence being there and what you say to people and what you perform for people or do you i'm asking genuinely i don't know do you come along with a, a presentation and a, a backdrop and a, a whole nine I, i've never seen one of your you know, physical performances. Sure. So how does yeah. it work? <laughs>
1: uh, it depends on, again, it de- it'll depend on um, the type of program. The more that I can learn about it, the, the problem with the way that uh, entertainment is booked right now, and it's, and it's this way because most magicians are of that other mindset. I'm just showing up to do magic tricks, right? No other consideration involved. Um, the way that the industry is set up is such that uh, you mo- most magicians will work through an entertainment agency. And that entertainment agency will be booked by a destination management company, and the destination management company is what's booked by, right? So there's this hierarchy, and every time you yeah. go down, um, but by the time that it gets to you, they're just like, uh, "Are you available March 12? How much?" And that's all they'll give you. That's all they'll give you. It's like <laughs> I, don't yeah. <laughs> an, I don't know nearly. I don't know nearly enough available for right. what? Right. Is this a stage show? How many people are there? What kind of, what kind of an event is it? You know, what are the goals for the the client? What are they trying to accomplish with this? Right. Um, you know, because so I take a much more consultant approach, which is I want to know as much as I can about what they, who the audience is, and I don't just mean uh, who the audience is. Is it, um, you know, oh, oh it, well, it's corporate. That's very. That's way too broad. Is it c level? Is it new hires? Is it HR? Is it, uh, it is it like you you need, you need to get, need to get very, very granular. Are there spouses going to be there? Is this a family event? Is this just for, you know, where, where are they all coming from? They're all in town, right? The more that I can know, the more that I can, uh, tailor, uh, what I do to better suit, uh, that event. So I like to get very granular and I, and I also, while while I'm on my soapbox, uh, I also fight tooth and nail sometimes to try to get um um people to take my advice. And that can be very frustrating too. Because again, with like an uh, and, and I'm not I'm not bashing entertainment agencies by any means. They're fantastic. I have some very good friends in, in that uh category and they're fantastic. Um but they they're not boots on the ground and they also are not set up with that uh, kind of mentality in mind. So that's why it's very difficult for me to work with them a lot of the times because they don't understand that I have a different methodology. Um, nobody, nobody in the industry understands that <laughs> that or that consultant aspect. They just think it's, you know, well, it's just magic tricks. What do you need to know all that for? Right. Um, that can be very frustrating, but well, I hope when, that they take my advice.
0: Well, I was sorry to interrupt. I was going to say, mm-hmm. when you learn all this about them and, you know, you do get the background on what the next event is going to be, Mm -hmm. what what's next for you in determining okay this is how i'm gonna approach it these are the tricks that i think would be you know beneficial for this type of audience Mm -hmm. Um, i was gonna ask one of my questions on here that i wanted to bring up was i I, do you create any of your own illusions if so you know do you create illusions for other magicians Um, we can dive into all that as we go but when you get that feedback what what happens next
1: well then i'll I'll, uh i I, i've been doing this uh, 13 years so I have a pretty good idea. There, there's only so many different types of events, and they always always, fall, always will fall into a general category with little tweaks depending on whatever specific information I get about that particular event. But, um, you know, I've done everything from trade shows to conferences to annual banquets to, you know, everything under the sun, everything that there is. Um, and they're always, you know, there's always slightly different or there's always a, a little tweak here and there or, a, you know, sometimes you have a smaller company or a smaller branch or sometimes it'll be, you know, what well, we're doing, the entire company. And so this is their giant assembly or whatever. But um, so you'll have to tweak things. Do You have an audience of 800 people or do you have an audience of 12 people, which sometimes it is, right? It could be just a very small branch and out in nowhere. You know, uh, so those those will help me tweak what kind of presentation uh, I would even offer. Um, I won't just say, well, I have uh, walk around magic, I have a stage program, and I have a combination of those two where you can do some walk around. It, if I give them that, they don't really even know what to do with that, right? That's right. They, they, I've had people uh, ask me to, could I do four hours? of walk around, uh, for 30 people. And if you don't know anything about that, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. That's, that's, you don't like, Hey, I could take your money, but that's not, you don't need me that long because people don't, they don't know. They've never, I mean, how many people have actually listening to this or maybe yourself included have ever hired that kind of entertainment, (laughs)
0: you know it's it's hard to know when you i mean when you say it it doesn't sound as you have to kind of think about it for a moment before you're like yeah i don't know that 30 people is really fit for you know one guy to walk around
1: four hours four hours it's like no you know i i will have outworn my welcome at that point um you know or do you have like a 90 minute show that we could do it's like well yes but like are we doing this in a theater with wings and an intermission and or where is this if it's at a if it's at a um, you know, restaurant uh, banquet room. Like I, did, like I did a program at the, uh, the Mar- Monarch, which is a nice restaurant here in, in mm-hmm. uh, Dallas. Uh, I did a program for uh, a company there uh, in December of last year. And um, th- they don't have a lot of space, right? They had a, they had a banquet room where the, where the company party was being held. And this is one of the smaller branches. Um, but like there was, there was no room right i like somebody who had asked me to do 90 minutes there there, you know a a stand-up show a parlor show or for 90 minutes there's there's no way you could you (laughs) couldn't do it physically the space would not allow nowhere to hide yeah no there's no way to bring anything else on or to have an intermission it was just it was it was um i don't want to say i don't want to say sardines but it was it was pretty pretty tight closely packed yeah right so uh, yeah, knowing as much as I can about the environment in which I'm performing and for how many people I'm performing will, will dictate a lot of the things that I would recommend uh, to to uh, clients.
0: Well, okay, so you mentioned kind of your, where you perform um, mm-hmm. at the Monarch before, so are you typically traveling most of the year, or are you typically around the Dallas area, where I guess where do you perform, how often sure. do you perform.
1: Uh, so I, uh, perform quite often, (laughs) uh, several times a month. I I don't remember, um, last year was kind of weird. And the year before was a little weird as uh, nobody was really working in 2020 and 20, the first half of 2021, there was a lot of companies I was working with who were still kind of, um, timid to, to book programs. Um, so the last half of 2021, uh, was when things really started to pick up. So if we're talking about recent history, it's a little bit weird. Um, but uh the last half of 2021, if we want to use that as an example, there there wasn't a day that I had off for for the last quarter, like I was working every day or traveling every day. Um, so that is that's great, but it was also a lot of work because you go, I'm sitting around uh just goofing off with the kids all day, which is great, but to go from that to um, okay, well, you got to be on this airplane here. You got to go from this airplane to that airplane to stay on that, you know, in this hotel for a night to perform this program. And then you got to fly all the way, you know. So it. it can do you do most of like that, that
0: scheduling yourself, or is that yeah?
1: I you know, and I, I, um, I was in the process yeah, in, in late 2019. I was starting to look at maybe hiring some help to uh, to some kind of an assistant to help me out with, with scheduling with that and uh, answering phones and that kind of stuff. And then of course, 2020 hit right. and then 2021 was weird. So I'm kind of in the, um the comeback, the I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the Rocky montage. Uh, All right. <laughs> going to fight uh, Drago. Right. Yep. We're so- excited to
0: see you uh hopefully soon at the top of the stairs. Both hey, arms are, yeah. <laughs> It'll be a good day when everything's back and, and going, But man, I got I to gotta transition here a little bit because I want to mm-hmm. hear, I want to dive a little deeper into the magic. I want to know kind of, you've mentioned your influence of Lance Burton, but I want to know like where your style of magic comes from. And I want to know what type of tricks that you'd like to do, like uh, coin magic, card magic. What are your, some of your favorite tricks? Maybe talk about one that you have, um, you've created and you've either performed or you've sold to somebody else or whatever it may be. Sure.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll try to be as, um, (laughs) yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the type of, the type of magic that I, that I tend to enjoy performing, not only for my own personal gratification, but also because I think that it tends to appeal to my clients. The most, most people have, uh, hired a magician because there's, the thing is, is there's, there's what I do and there's what I really do. And for a lot of the people, that are the general audience the general corporate audience that i'm performing for in any given show is only aware of what i do they're not aware of what i really do which is all of the other stuff all the behind the scenes string pulling or puppet master, as you call it just trying to get people together and connected and team building or whatever right um so they're they're just as far as they're concerned they're just seeing a show right so what kind of show uh can i do lot of these corporate audiences they've seen they've seen a lot of magicians they've seen a lot of magicians they've seen a lot of fire breathers and poi and and uh uh, all kinds of musical acts and everything so what they haven't seen much of is uh mentalism which is uh what i prefer to do whenever possible it's uh apparent psychic abilities it's kind of using your five senses to create the illusion of a sixth sense um, it looks and feels like you're reading the minds of the audience or you're helping the audience read each other's minds, or it's just a very surreal kind of um, show. And I, I would like, I would call it magic or an evolution of magic. I don't actually have psychic powers, um, but you'd be hard pressed to tell right. <laughs> You know, um, that. So that's, that's kind of a, an interesting angle and and presentation that a lot of uh, corporate audiences haven't seen much of. And um, it fits in all the same venues that they're accustomed to having a magician perform. And you can perform that on stage. You can perform that walking around at a cocktail party. Um, it all fits in the same venue and has the same, in fact, and sometimes less uh, restraints than say a, a full-blown illusion show. Um, magic or mentalism is very very light and easy to carry and if you ever lost your show on an airplane or something you can just go down to an office supply store and replace it you know it's it's just office supplies basically um because those aren't the props aren't as important as the people right Right. and uh, so yeah for for that for practical reasons and then also from the emotional reason the show is really about audience and that's what makes it fun and special and different and unique every time if you see a magician disappear coin um, you know you can watch that, that'll be the same way he does it a hundred times but every time i ask you to think about like you know uh your your first kiss or the street you grew up on that's going to be a different answer and a different re- emotional response every time and so that's why i think that that makes a more interesting show one is about the magician and what is so great and what he is able to do and how oh how wonderful is he and the other one is um about sharing the personalities of the audience and uh, i think that's i think that's a warmer and more interesting it, direction to go it sounds a lot more delicate and a lot more
0: intriguing when you say it that way and so uh you said that very elegantly But I've always been (laughs) impressed by the mentalism because it was one thing that I've never really understood. Um, Granted, I'm not some expert magician. I'm not trying to claim to be. But having some sort of background in magic, I I, I very much enjoy watching magic shows, um, watching magicians do what they do. But there's a lot of times where even with my very base level of knowledge – especially with kind of closer up magic with the sleight of hand, that kind of stuff. I know a lot of the little tricks and the moves. And so while it's very impressive, a lot of it is something that you can almost pick up on once you have a little bit of a gauge of how a couple of the tricks are done and you've seen it a bunch of times. But with the mentalism, I've always just been completely lost. I mean, I don't know the first thing about how it's done and it, it always kind of pisses me off because I'll uh, sit there and I'll watch some game show or I don't know if game shows are right, talent show. America's got talent or the like, and you'll see someone on stage and they've got some mentalism act and they've got the whole audience hypnotized isn't the right word, but the thinking that they have this sixth sense, you know, and I'm sitting there on my couch, like kicking myself because I can't figure out how they do the damn thing. And <laughs> I, I know that is your bread and butter, so I'm not going to ask you to reveal any secrets, but. I just wanted you to know that you are one of those people that severely makes me like pick my brain and be absolutely just completely irritated about the fact that I can't (laughs) figure out this type of magic. So uh, I might do some research before you and I talk again. That way I've got a better leg to stand on. But for the time being, we'll just agree to disagree on the fact that uh, mentalism is a good type of magic. And while it's impressive, very irritating. So good for you, but we're going to move on from there. All right. I had to get my rant out. I, I, (laughs) I, okay. So I guess I'll tell a quick story. I think I mentioned it whenever you and I first met, but for those of you who I probably haven't told the story to, um, like I said, magic for me is very much just a party trick nowadays. And I have a very slim selection of tricks to choose from almost all of which come from a deck of cards. And so I did a trick one time at a party in college when I was, I don't know, junior year of college, maybe. And it was just my next door neighbors and their parents who were in town for the football game. It wasn't anything too wild or too uh, far gone. And I did a card trick for them, and it was one that David Blaine had done. I, it's called the two card money, the three card money, but something of the like. And uh basically I'm just, I'm putting cards in and out of uh guest hands and they end up being different cards than they originally started with. And there's a whole little kind of comedic show behind it. Um However, I did it. And one of the dads in the back is like, hey, hey, you know, this kind of Italian guy, hair slicked back, walks over there. He's like, uh, do that again. Do that again. I'm a video. It. And I was like, OK, sure. So I do it again. He videos me. He goes, I'm sending this to my friend. I say, oh, OK, like, who's your friend? He's like, David, David Blaine, that's his trick. You're stealing his trick. <laughs> I sit there kind of laughing like, OK, this guy, you know, we've all been having a good time. He's just kind of full of it at this point. And uh, no, it turns out this is David Blaine's like high school best friend. They uh, grew up in (laughs) the Bronx or Brooklyn or wherever they're from somewhere uh, up there in New York. Yeah. And uh, it was legitimately his childhood best friend. I got a text message back with a little clip saying, Hey man, I mean, my tricks are like a very bare minimum, but he was like, Hey, you know, glad to see you're doing the trick. Like keep it up, man. Or, you know, call me by my name. Thought it was cool. That was my one claim to fame. That was the closest I ever got to meeting David Blaine. But uh, I just thought that was a, Cool little story I had to throw in there
1: at some point. That is cool. That is very cool. He wow. was a very nice guy. So from the he is, and he's a lot less deadpan in, in person. Really? That's yeah. He, he kind of assumes that character. And I hope I'm not breaking uh, the illusion for anybody watching. But um, you know, you, you get this very deadpan, yeah, you know, um, kind of performance out of him. That's that's a character, right? That's David Blaine the character. That's not David Blaine the person. The David Blaine the person is much uh, brighter and um, and uh, jovial, I guess I'll call it. Really? Not, not, not so straight, direct to the point. He's, um, uh, yeah, much more pleasant and relaxed <laughs> if you get to hang out. With
0: him. That's good to hear. I mean, honestly, I couldn't get much through a text message, but I'm sure that like, you know, I, I, I never thought of it to be a character until you say that, but now I can definitely kind of see where the persona he might put on to get, you know, after doing it and kind of making your fame off of that demeanor mm-hmm. and that character you've assumed, well, why mess it up? You know, why just roll with it?
1: So yeah. Yeah. That's Are like you typical kiss that took their makeup off, it's like, don't, don't do that. Nobody <laughs> likes that. <laughs> Put your makeup back on team. We knew you
0: as somebody else. We don't like this, this version of you for yeah. sure. Oh, well, speaking of kind of like making your fame and I know you do a lot of different things you've got. Um, primarily you get all of your, Request from either your website, word of mouth, whatever it may be. But what what kind of a social media strategy do you have? Are you on social media? Just for all our listeners who might not know, kind of talk about what your goal is there. If you do magic online, how
1: that all works. I so I resist it. Um, I I know it's very popular. Um, you know, I know TikTok's a very popular platform, Instagram for for magicians, and with with good reason. they you know, magic is a is a visual art form, and it translates very well to video in in a lot of instances, not always, but often. And um, yeah, there's a lot of people who that do, but here's the thing is I'm, I'm not really interested in being, I don't think I can, I don't think I can accomplish my goals as almost consultant magician in, um, you know, kind of as a secondary uh, to to what I'm really trying to do. Um, I don't think I can tell that story. Effectively in 15 second clips, um, because that that puts all the value on the magic, not on your ability to actually help anybody. You know, and so I, I think that's yeah, that's that's the greater ill of of all social media is that we we you you get to see things through a really tiny window, and it's exactly what whoever's recording it wants you to see, but it's not the full story. And um, so I've I've resisted that, but. Um, I'm starting to realize that a lot of, um, that's just through market research that I found on a lot of potential clients of mine are, are spending a lot of time on Instagram and are finding, uh, solutions to their problems through Instagram and who, who else they know that they're connected to, who has worked with such and such a person. So the larger my network gets on Instagram, the easier time I'll have finding or having help, having having other people find me and then uh, being able to help them. So I am starting to, uh, to try to ramp up my Instagram a little bit, but uh, I've resisted most. I I, like, I don't, I don't do any paid advertisements at all um, because it's very difficult to make it, make it a soundbite that, that Google will pick up on that keyword. Nobody's looking for what I do because they don't know it exists. Um, so most of the work that I get is through is through word of mouth right I'll work with a with a company and they'll love what I do and think it's great and, and like well, you got friends probably who work at other companies right yeah, yeah, well let's I can help them too, or I right. think I can, so let's get them at the, yeah. so that's kind of how that works is I'll just um uh you know all word of mouth now the other way that uh i'll I'll find work is also through other magicians a network of magician friends that i have and um that is a is a great blessing that we have here in dallas is that there are a couple of really really great magicians in this area um and i'm lucky enough to be friends with all of them and so say one of us is in chicago doing a program you know or atlanta or whatever and somebody calls up and says hey are you available for such and such program? no, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm actually going to be in Atlanta that week doing a program for Coca-Cola, whatever. Um, but I know who you need to talk to. If he's available, you should definitely grab him. He's excellent. You know, and I can actually say that, you know, w- with the full endorsement and that's, um, that's really cool that we have that kind of relationship here in, in the Dallas area. Cause you don't, you don't get that everywhere. Um, Unfortunately, it could be an industry where a lot of people are always trying to um steal each other's work or undercut somebody else or whatever, right? Some kind of ugly the bad mouth thing of, oh yeah, don't pick him. He's terrible. Oh, you know, whatever. Um, a lot of that, um, not not here in Dallas, but in a broad sense that that tends to be um how some of those social structures end up panning out but uh the guy the guys that i know here and it's all guys there 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 are no lady performers here in dallas no lady magicians not yet anyway hopefully that'll change but um all the dallas magicians here um we all know like and respect each other and we know what type of work each of us does and so we know who to call for what type of work so that we're not calling um, you know, I'm not getting called by by my friends for kids' birthday parties or fairs or festivals, right? And I'm not calling uh, somebody to do kids' birthday parties and calling them and asking them to do, you know, uh, a, a mentalism show, uh, you know, for for some company or something. So uh, we all have our own strengths and we, we help each other kind of... Uh, there's plenty of work out there for everybody and we can all help each other. Rising tide raises all ships. So that's the thankfully the opinion we all have
0: (laughs) so it's nice to hear that y'all get along so well and you're able to you know wholeheartedly endorse each other a lot of businesses like you said whether it be magic whether it be corporate world whether it be athletics whatever it may be very cutthroat very you -hmm. know climb over the person in front of you to get their spot kind of deal and while dallas doesn't take that Um, or at least the group of Dallas magicians that you speak of doesn't take that into consideration. They don't have that approach to it. You know, a lot of places do. So it's good to hear that there's still some good in the world. Uh, Every time I turn on the TV, it seems like there's a little something else going wrong um, with a likely war starting tomorrow. So who knows? But um, as far as the good that's going on in the world, touch on, if you're comfortable with it, you know, touch on your family life. What's a day in the life like for you working from home or, uh, you know, getting to spend some extra time with the kiddos?
1: Sure. I mean, it's great. This is uh, one of the reasons that, um, uh, I mean, it was kind of kind of a happy accident that it happened this way that I decided that, yeah, I was going to go try to do this kind of work. And uh, it it actually laid a really nice foundation for a good home life, uh, which was totally by accident. I, I started this uh, my business right about the same time I met my wife. Um, I've been together for 12 years. So, um, started them up almost at the same time, and I told her, I said I have, right now I have nothing to offer you, but I promise you uh that uh, this is, that I'm, I'm going to take this somewhere, and if I don't then uh then'll then I'll quit right then i'll I'll do whatever I have to to take care of you, right And um she's the most amazing supportive woman in the entire world, and I'd be lost without her. I couldn't do this without her. Um, but the thing that was really wonderful about it is that if you think about whenever an entertainer typically works, it's, it's not Monday through Friday, nine to five. It's whenever everybody who works Monday through Friday, nine to five is off work, right? Right. So that's, that's when they have time. So I work a lot of nice weekends and holidays, um, but I get Most of my days, daytime hours are really, I've got a little administrative work. I've got to do a little bit of bookkeeping. I've got to call some clients and send paperwork and that kind of stuff. But that takes me maybe like, you know, two hours a day or something. But the rest of the time is spent with my children and it's, uh, it's wonderful. It's, it's, uh, there, there are a few people who can claim the same. And I, I understand and fully appreciate how fortunate I am to be in that position, Uh, yeah, I have to miss some, some holidays. That's true. I, um, luckily I was able to avoid having to work on my son's birthday, which he's turning five this year. It's a, that's tough. Um, but there's always that balance where it's like, yeah, I, daddy is home with you all day, every day. And if, you know i've got to go this time of course i'm going to make it up to you but you know they do get to spend a lot of uh, time with me and i with them so uh, i'd like to think that i'm forgiven for missing some nice weekends and holidays because whenever i do go to work it's you know it's to actually provide for them not just emotionally and for their their you know day-to-day needs but also the financial needs putting them putting them to school or buying them uh whatever cool toy they want for their birthday or whatever whatever it is right throwing that party birthday parties are not cheap so um it's it sounds terrible but it's actually it it tends to work out pretty well because i get them all the time well that's
0: Um, nice it's a weird little i guess uh for me it would have been a misconception i would have thought that you know being a magician you you get to have a little more free time but the fact that you know i never really thought it through and like you know you really are working when everybody that's on the nine to five grind is off mm-hmm. work and even when they're on the job you still have a few hours of stuff you have to do like you said administrative work so mm-hmm. you're putting in a lot of hours there despite what it may look like from an outsider's perspective yeah However, well <laughs> the,
1: the shows are the prize right the shows yeah. are the are the are the are the thing you worked hard to like entrepreneurs are the only people who work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40. Right. So there's that, which is, I don't, I couldn't, I don't know if I can quote that to, or that belongs to, but I I love that because it's true. And um, yeah, it's, there is a lot more to it than I think people realize. I don't just, you know, show up at parties and that's it. That's like, I I know I run a business, you know, it's like that, that requires, maintenance and um, updating and repair of, of equipment. It requires me to learn new routines. It requires me to sometimes write entire programs or shows for, uh, you know, I have a uh, scripts that I have to write for certain things. If I'm doing like a trade show, I have to get all the material from whatever client that I'm working with, understand wh- what their product is, how it differs from other products in the market, what this does differently, why it's better. Um, and the talking points about it you know so like there's there's plenty of stuff to do when i'm not working working is the, the, the little tip of the iceberg that's the fun part the, re- the rest of it's all the work that comes <laughs> to get yeah. to the show right <laughs> oh. yeah i'm glad i got a place to to finally talk about that because yeah i think most people think that oh, we just uh, what, he was on a cruise earlier today he just popped in and uh, did a magic show and no uh, it, it clears
0: some things up on my end i i I always knew you worked hard. I love the quote you mentioned. By the way, I don't know who that belongs to either. So, props to them. Whoever will cite it somewhere on there if we need to. But uh, entrepreneurs—the only people that work eighty hours a week to avoid working forty—that was very, very well said. And <laughs> on that note, I'll uh, I'll close up the interview here and I'll ask you this: um, What would be some advice that you would give to someone who might be wanting or hesitant? to branch out and pursue something on their own, whether that be magic, whether that be music, whether that be whatever it is that they want to pursue. What what, yeah. what would be some advice you would give for someone looking back on the success you've had over the past 13 years?
1: Um, you know, I'd, I'd be delusional if I, if I said that I got here by myself. Um, I have an incredible support structure in, in my wife and family. Um, and, before that, when she was my girlfriend and fiance, um, all that support that I got from her to it, it's, it's tough because you have to, if you're, if you're in a good job right now, the, really the, the, the idea would be, you'd want to like, say six months of your income and, uh, and then quit your job, you know, or, or, and then, or bring in the, start bringing in that type of work and then quit your job. So you can kind of do that. Um, it's a good, nice bridge to have, um, but it depends on where you are in your, in your life. You know, in my position, there was nowhere but up. If I was willing to put the work in, uh, you know, I knew it would, it would produce something. I think that the problem that a lot of people have is they're, they're all talking no walk, right. It's all, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go on that tour. I'm going to go, I'm going to go write that great next American novel. Well, how, how much have you written? Well, I got like a page and a half, right? Like, you gotta put the work. Nothing, nothing will magically produce itself out of the ether and then just be handed to you. You have to you have to work for it and you have to you have to set goals, accomplish small goals at first, do those, then make slightly larger goals. And it's always this this kind of stair step that you have to do. Um, but you have to be uh you have to be dedicated and driven and a self-starter and if you can do those things then you can you can pretty much accomplish anything you want to um yeah well
0: alan is there anything else that you you said some beautiful words for us today that was very well spoken I hope that speaks to people out there um I've said it a hundred times on the podcast but the whole premise behind the show here is to share the stories of those who deserve their stories be told and you know, at the end of the day, we want to inspire people that listen to this to go out and live a story worthy life of their own. That is, that is the slogan I'm kind of running with here. And so I I hope that you've done that. I hope that by sharing your story, you've been able to inspire one of our listeners out there, even if it's just one to go take that chance and uh, start ordering their next Lance Burton DVD in the mail or whatever it may be. Um, but just kind of in closing, is there if there's any other thoughts that you'd like to mention or anything else that you'd like to say? I'll I'll wrap up here in just a minute. But now is your time. If there's anything else you'd like to share with the the people that might listen, uh,
1: no, um, well you know on, on on the inspirational side, if we're going to go that route, I don't claim to be inspirational, but um, um, yeah, d- um, you have to you have to dare to. It's when I, when I told my, my folks that I, that I was going to do this for a living, you know, and I had the idea when I was a kid, I love my parents. They're wonderfully supportive now. But when I told them I wanted to be a magician when I grew up, my dad was like, well, you know, okay. But maybe still go to college. And I know, I know what his, I know what his reasoning was. I'm a father now, and I get that. I get the whole, "Hey, it's nice to have dreams, but sometimes dreams die, <laughs> and and uh, you need to have something else, right? Because you're going to have the whole rest of your life, and you have to be able to support yourself." And my my dad doesn't say that anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I I proved him wrong, and um, in the in the kindest, most loving way possible, I proved him wrong but you're going to have people in your life that will tell you that you can't do something or that you shouldn't do something, or is that maybe not such a good idea? Um, if you have some kind of plan and how to get there and you think you can do it, um, you should, you should try because my, my biggest phrase that I like is um, you should only take advice from people you want to be like, and I love my dad, but he's not our, artistic or an entertainer of any sort and didn't really understand that drive that passion in and, and that, that world and so uh it took me 15 years to finally get to take it back to him and go oh you 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 did what now you're oh you're traveling to to st louis for like how do they that does that you're making how much oh okay i'm sorry maybe <laughs> i i was wrong you know So take advice from people you want to be like, and don't let anybody, a lot of people will tell you how to, how to live your life. But if you don't start living your life for you, then uh, other people are going to tell you what to do with your life. So um, don't let that happen. Awesome.
0: Well, Alan, thank you so much for being here on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure. A pleasure is all mine. (laughs) <laughs> for all of those that are out there listening, if you want to hear more from Alan, see his latest tricks or book him for your own company, you can follow him on his Instagram at apillusions and on his website, APMagic.net. As always, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at mic underscore pod, and we will see you in the next episode. Season one premiere is almost here, everybody. Look forward to hearing and showing you some Let's new go. stuff soon. Thanks Let's so much. Up. I'm like an addict, do I gotta have it I ain't even playing, got a really bad habit